Hello, my loves. If you've been following me for a while, you know that over the past several years, I've birthed an ecosystem of transformational containers that have not only yielded profound personal evolution for all involved, but also true, lasting sisterhood. And the intimacy cultivated within this sisterhood has yielded a field of true safety that is profoundly conducive to personal transformation. And it keeps getting stronger. The dojo field has seen cohort after cohort of women claim their freedom, truth, and higher calling. And the women keep showing up for one another year after year. It's truly profound. I really trust the magnetism of the dojo field, and it is time now to call in the women for the next cohort of the Dojo Immersed. The Dojo Immersed is a three-month higher self-embodiment initiation for women who are leaders, facilitators, and natural guides ready to claim their next levels of service and empowerment. Saying yes to this container means a commitment to massive expansion. It means being willing to see everything that is not in full alignment in your life and being willing to dive deep into your own personal healing process, claim responsibility for your creative power, and create full congruency in every area of your life. Inside, you'll journey with an intimate cohort of 10 to 12 women who are devoted to doing the same. Women who are devoted to sisterhood and devoted to liberation in service of life on this planet. This three-month container centers on a three-night in-person immersion and qualifies you to continue forward into the deeper layers of entrainment available within the dojo ecosystem. If you're feeling the call, now is the time to fill out an application and set up a call to explore alignment with me. Visit zaharazimring.com slash the dojo immersed or see the link in the show notes to apply. We have an opportunity here to bring presence to the ceremony that is your life. And my invitation to you is to stop whatever you're doing, wherever you are, just for this one precious moment and take a deep breath. Follow the breath into your root point and land yourself right here right now into your present moment and exhale welcome to the space where all the magic is happening and prepare yourself to receive the wild raw expanse that is available inside the dojo that is your life you are the empowered center point creator of every single experience that you are drawing into your field at this time when you recognize that and really get that in your bones, you will receive yourself as the magnet for the most perfectly expansive evolutionary curriculum that is precisely crafted for you to evolve beyond what was in order to claim all that is a match to the you who is free. And that is what we are here to do inside the dojo as we explore what it means to live a life beyond the edge. This is a Soul Fire production.
Hello, Dojo family. Oh my goodness. I am sitting with you today. I'm sitting today. I'm, I'm lost my words because this woman literally blew me wide open, like to a place that actually I, I haven't experienced in a really long time relative to any sort of what I would call like a reading, whether it's an astrology or gene keys or human design or intuitive reading. I experienced one of those <laughs> can barely even call it that <laughs> with Katie Calder, who's sitting with me right now. And, and it literally left me speechless, which makes sense why I'm feeling a little speechless in this moment. It, the transmission that came through really naturally and organically, we hadn't even planned it that day. We just planned to hang out. And both of us were tracking in the field that there was an exchange that was wanting to happen. And so we really allowed that exchange to happen. And for nearly three hours, Katie channeled one of the most exquisite reflections of the coding of my soul that I've received up until this point on my journey. And I've received a lot of, of reflections and experiences and sessions that have been profound and powerful and it actually surprised me, to be honest, that it came through the lens of human design because my experiences of human design up until that point had been um, with individuals that resonated with human design, but were reading out of a book. And yeah. um, I, I just, it felt more cookie cutter and it just didn't feel like, oh, I'm a generator. Like it was very vague and broad. And I for, for the last 37 years of my life until I met Katie was resonating with more astrology and gene keys as kind of like maps that could reflect potentialities and like soul design to me. And I had spent all very little time being connected to human design. And so this session with Katie, I was like, wow, I finally get it. Now I get it. Why? <laughs> why so many individuals are resonating with human design. And, and a huge part of that is less about the design and my ex more about my experience of Katie utilizing mm -hmm. the map that is given through the human design uh, like structure as a trigger for the channel. And so it was this like very intuitive transmission that came through her and felt very specifically pointed um, at exactly where I am and, and serving exactly what I needed in the moment. And it was really incredible. So now I'm genuinely excited to learn more <laughs> about human design and to learn more about this incredible woman, Katie Calder. And we get to do that together today. So Katie, I want to welcome you. And before we started, I invited you to really tune into your prayer at the bottom of your heart and your why for coming to share your medicine with the dojo field today. And I'd love to invite you to introduce yourself. What really feels most inspired and alive for you in terms of like letting us know who it is that you are and what's most alive in your heart and also your why for being here today. Oh. Sahara One, thank you for one of the most poignant introductions I've ever experienced. Your sight and your heart and your 
celebration is so felt and I feel so seen already. And I'm just really, really grateful to be here and be with all of you who are listening right now. In this moment, in a future moment, thank you for being here. And Zahara dropped us into a prayer right before we began this. And I'm an incredibly visual person. My sight has always been wide open and just continues to open more and more. And I saw this vision as we were praying of this this red-tailed hawk that swooped under my heart and then just went up, up, up. And its wingspan just became wider and wider. And it was moving over this vista. And if that is translated in any thing right now, I hope that today can be an access point to the way that I see and hope to share and be a mirror to whoever's in my presence in any system, any modality that that I choose human design is, is a main way that my channel expresses currently, mm-hmm. but my, I'd say my highest prayer, my highest mission, my highest joy right now is being in service to personal liberation, to personal freedom, to personal connection to self so that you can share your gifts in the world, in the way that you were made. And I'm a huge proponent of individuation. I'm a huge proponent in you unlocking your way, your why, and trusting that the way that probably has always felt most easeful and the way that the world may have never conditioned or programmed you or like allowed you to step into is not only there for a reason, but yours to claim Mm -hmm. and yours to step into and yours to actually own. And so my yeah, my why and the continuation of this path is just being a mirror that's like, we need you and your medicine. We need you and your fullness. And that's not going to come from copying this person or reading this script or like doing the structure that someone else tells you, which is a really, really brave and bold thing to actually listen internally. And so my, I'd say as like a little, a little bow to wrap up my meanderings, which will continue to meander everything that I continue to hope to do for myself or anyone else and in service in this world is like a deep, genuine trust and co-creation of life and Mm -hmm. with life. And I think it can be really, really scary to trust those nudges and trust those redirections when you listen closely. And my whole path has been a path of like listening really closely and seeing opportunities that scare me and then moving towards them and hopefully giving others the opportunity to do the same. Wow. Yes. To all of that, we resonate. I mean, I resonate with you so, so, so highly, you know, for that reason, facing really seeing where our edges are at and being deeply devoted, which there's nothing else that exists outside of that devotion to meeting those edges and expanding beyond them. And it's so beautiful because we have that shared devotion and different pathways and angles of getting at it, which is reflected through our Scorpio Taurus opposite yeah. as well. And, um, you know, it's, I'm curious as you're sharing about this journey and devotion to personal liberation, I know for myself, so much of what it is that I teach comes through the place of what I've had to actually walk and learn. So I'm curious for you personally, where has it been on your path that you did not feel liberated? 
And how Mm -hmm. has human design specifically or any other methods, modalities, or experiences that specifically served as catalysts for you to get free where you weren't? What did that look like for you just as a way for us to get to know you a little more deeply um, on your own personal path of liberation? Totally. So much of my path looked like kind of checking all the boxes and doing the things right. Like I did really well in school. I did really well in sports. I like was in leadership and all sorts of things. And I checked all the boxes and I went to the right college and I mm-hmm. got a great corporate job and I was in the city that I wanted to be in after college. And I had lots of friends and I felt so numb to life and so depressed and so disconnected from myself and so disconnected from my body. Mm. And right when I graduated college, like a couple months after I found myself in this corporate job and just like living this life that I should be completely happy. Like I should, this is what the world says is the way that you, you know, get, get to happiness and get to fulfillment. And I felt anything, but, so I was like, all right, something's gotta, something's gotta give and something's gotta change. I signed up for a yoga teacher training just randomly. I wasn't practicing yoga mm-hmm. at all. And it was such an access point and an opening of one doing something just for me and doing mm-hmm. something that connected me to my breath and connected to me, to my body. And also kind of directly paralleled what I can only call a massive spiritual awakening where mm-hmm. my sight just blew wide open. My sensitivity blew open even more. My connection to God, to divine, to spirit. I was like, I don't know what to do with all this. And so uh, if any of you, probably many of you are listening have been through similar experiences, but it was just like going from what I'd say is, you know, living a really rich life, but being very much asleep to like Hmm. sense, like the sensory and the Hmm. actual ability to connect to world and realms beyond what we even think is possible. Yeah. To it just turning online overnight. Mm. And so it had me study in all of these different realms. So I, I dove deep, deep, deep into astrology first, into shamanic paths, into energy medicine, into gene keys. And I found human design probably around eight years ago now. Mm. And I was deeply in all of these systems to get to know myself and just mm-hmm. provide a mirror to a different way, provide a mirror to like what my experience was that mm-hmm. I didn't feel like any of my outer reality ha- had access to yeah. or had had mirrors that were clear for me. And I found human design. It was this languaging that was like a technology that my soul knew so clearly just seeing it. It was like it triggered all of the awarenesses and all of the mirrors of who I always knew I was, but didn't have the language or didn't have a tool or didn't have a template that allowed me to step deeper in it. And so I became obsessed. I saw it and it was this deep mirror of like my own liberation and a, a pathway where all of the gifts and the codes and the things that I knew kind of in a background, like in the background just came fully online. And so I became obsessed. I would study for like 12 hours a day and it was for no reason other than I was so passionate. And it was like, I just felt so much freedom and I felt tangible ways that I was shifting my life into greater alignment shifting my life into just the life of my dreams quickly and efficiently. And 
So I started sharing it with like all of my friends and I would be giving readings to anyone and, you know, as like the path kind of unfolds without you mentally doing a thing, I started getting recommended as a reader and referred to as someone to help share this tool with other people. And I've been sharing the system and really like my lens through the system and sometimes not, I don't even feel like it is human design, but using this tool to see the encoding of other people's souls, like to see how you came to weave in the world and using this tool that so clearly also shows some of the areas that you can take on and can take on the conditioning of what's not you, mm-hmm. and then efficiently clear that through your body so you can come back to, in essence, living the life of your dreams. And so how I share it now is in a variety of ways, and it's always an ever-evolving. I, I do one-on-one work. I um, teach human design in a school and a training to other leaders, teachers, guides, psychologists, coaches. I do tons of different group programs and I'm getting back into retreat and immersion work and anything that I share again, it's not like an attachment to the system, but this system has just opened so many gateways to so clearly be able to speak to crazy individual and specific things about people that it blows my mind every time. Like I don't trust a system or trust a thing or ever blindly follow something outside of my own, you know, own path and own truth and own direction. And time and time again, I sit with someone, I never know where I'm about to start. And it's like the specific, you, you know, it's like the craziest specificity and things come that I'm like, I have to trust that I'm continually being guided to use this to open and to ultimately like help free other people in their lives and help, help just bring you back real quick so that you know that your compass is clear and your compass is true and that you can trust it. Yeah. I mean, this moment we had while you were facilitating my reading where, you know, Katie and I have been following each other, knowing each other peripherally through community for like many, many, many years. And this was our first like real deep drop in. So I knew there was like, because you had been following me for so many years, I knew there was a sense of awareness around who I am and what I do. And you also didn't really know me up close yet. And so we had this like profound, like falling in love with each other and also really deep recognition because I initially in, in the early phases of my journey, like almost nine years ago, I started as an evolutionary astrologer. And so I have this similar frame around reverse engineering a a map of the sky, essentially with astrology and allowing that map to be the, the symbolic trigger point to trigger the channel. And I remember through my own experiences of offering sessions through the lens of evolutionary astrology that I used to, as a skeptic myself, I used to like (laughs) affirm my own belief in the system through offering sessions and readings for people that I know and seeing how much it was actually deeply reflective of what I already knew about them. And so I experienced this with you where what you were already aware of about me, you were like getting off on like how, yeah, yeah, and this one makes so much sense because and I just felt so seen. And at the same time, you were 
affirming your own, like there, there's not a part of you that's like trying to like, that's pre-believing it or pre-proving it. You're like, it is proving itself through your own unique channeling of it in the affirmation of the way that it's landing in, in, at least in my experience in, in me, like my, the way that it was landing in me was further affirming the, your own belief in the system itself. And it's just like this feedback loop that's super powerful to experience. And I actually really trust it because you're, you're, you're really meeting and surrender to the moment as it goes and letting, letting your channel and the map and the person in front of you all be this soup that's kind of informing what wants to come through. And to me, that's really, really trustable. So I'm curious if there's, you know, anything when it comes to that soup, right? Like the way that you work with a client, the way that you work with the map and the way that you work with your channel, because let's go like broad stroke down into the intricacy. Cause I actually want to get into human, the human design system. And if there's anything that you could transmit to us specifically around the lines or the generator, but like, if there's anything really, I just want to open the space for your channel to educate the field. And I trust whatever comes through your channel will serve the field. But first I want to kind of create the broad stroke context for anyone who does work with gene keys or human design or astrology, because I feel like I just really trust the way that you hold it. It's not like you're recalling out of a book and then transmitting. It's like, you're actually in right relation from my perspective with client, personal channel and system. And all three of those things are like a triangulation that creates a really trustable reader, I guess is what you could call it. But like when I'm going to someone for astrology, gene keys, human design, or uh, any of these, these systems that are really powerful, I really want to be working with someone. And this is how I experienced myself as an astrologer too, that is holding trust in their own personal channel, you know, education around the system and attunement to the client all in one equal, it's kind of like equal, equal, equal all the way around. So how does that rise and look for you? Bless you. Bless you. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God, your reflection is just like everything that I could hope in how I transmit it. Um, I'm just going to broad stroke for everyone listening. Cause you might be listening and have no idea what human design is. So what yeah. is human design? That'd be helpful. Yeah. Human design is one of the deepest syntheses of all of these ancient technologies into one modality that basically gives you the blueprint of your soul. And it combines Eastern and Western astrology, the Kabbalah, the Chinese I Ching, the chakra system, quantum physics, biomechanics, and genetics into this one system that is super, super complex. It's super, super complex. It is a rich modality that if you, if you learn or tune into human design or human design community, you probably have heard about your energy type, just like generate, you're a generator. I'm a manifesting generator. There's projectors, there's manifestors, there's reflectors. And for the sake of this podcast and the sake of how I navigate human design, energy type is the least interesting thing to me. Cause energy type basically talks about how your aura moves in the world. It's not very specific to you. Um, I'm just going to bring up a couple of different modalities. So astrology, for example, in human design, there are technically two astrology charts. There's one that's based on the, the 
birth time, date, location. It's like your natal chart. When you took your first breath in the world, mm-hmm. screenshot of the sky, it's on the chart. And there's another chart, astrology chart that's 88 days before, which is known as your unconscious. It's sometimes known as your design. It's more karmic. It's more familial. And it's this whole other group. It's this whole other chart that's also on your human design chart. And so just looking at the system of astrology, because human design is a system deeply, deeply rooted in astrology. It not only shows that you're a Taurus sun, like for me, for example, I'm a gate 3.6 Taurus sun, or you are not just a Scorpio sun, you're a gate 44.3 Scorpio sun. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just Mm -hmm. giving another layer to not to to get even deeper. You may know about Gene Keys, Richard Rudd, who was the founder of Gene Keys, was a student of human design first and um, created these beautiful transmissions of the 64, what would be the gates in human design. It's the 64, um, codons of the I Ching or the 64 Mm -hmm. genes. And so every human design chart, you have all 64 and Richard Rudd only uses a certain amount of planets in the gene keys, but I'm a, I'm a student of gene keys too, because I'm a student of human design and the gene keys further talks about the gate. The gene keys are just the gates, but in an even more detail. Yes. And I just want to say there was an aha moment for me as I've been going through the Venus sequence Mm -hmm. um, with Richard Rudd in the gene keys, um, virtual course, and it's been profound and super powerful. And when we did our human design session, I was like, I was making sense of all of it and seeing all of the, the, um, numbers that are on my gene keys chart. But then I also saw in the human design chart, more numbers that are part of my chart, but they're not extracted into the gene keys system. And so there were several, are they called keys in the gates or you can call them keys in the gene keys or gates. Yeah. There were several keys or gates in human design that are lit up in my human design chart that Katie, when we did our session reflected to me, oh, you, you know, gate, this particular gate and this particular gate and this particular gate, that would be good gene keys for you to go read as well, because I would love for you to share why they are not on my gene keys chart, but they're not on my gene keys chart, but they're on my human design chart. So when I went, I was recently in an ayahuasca retreat And I had three ceremonies. And during the arc of that retreat, every day I listened to a little bit of the session that Katie brought forward to me. And I was just like, my mind was blown again, (laughs) how relevant the whole thing was. And in the course of that time, I read the gene keys that she had recommended that in my many years of studying the gene keys, I had never looked at those keys. I was only looking at the ones that were in my gene keys chart. And then when I read those keys, it like clicked the whole thing to another level. I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I've never read these. These are so relevant. They make so much sense, especially the Pluto one, because I'm a Scorpio sun conjunct Pluto in the eighth house. And so my Scorpio sun, Pluto eighth house conjunction is so big. And for those of you don't know, astrology eighth house Scorpio and Pluto are all connected. And then you pair that with the sun, which is the center of the solar system, the center of your chart, the center of your sense of self. I'm a very Plutonian being. And, and for me to not have read the gate that's connected to my Pluto was like, (laughs) wow. And I read that and it was just mind blowing. So anyway, just to want to name that when you, if you're getting sparked around human design in a way that you never have been before, which was my journey, I, until 
um, a few weeks ago when I had the session with Katie, I was not into human design, but she just completely took it to another level for me. There is, if you've been into gene keys and astrology, human design might actually unlock some new kind of gateways for you to explore, but it's like through the marriage of human design and gene keys, that is, is really a powerful uh, wedding that I'm enjoying attending now. Okay. Totally. Well, I wanted to say, cause you just said this and as an astrologer yourself, like important to note gene keys, the sequences are much simpler to understand because there are fewer planets involved and fewer things. And so the gene keys is, and it's such a complex and deep transmission of the system, but it only includes, it includes similar to human design. There's conscious and unconscious, or there's your chart that's based on your birthday. And there's your chart that's based 88 days before, but it includes the sun, conscious and unconscious sun, the earth, the moon, the Venus, the Mars, and the Jupiter. But those are the only planets that are involved in, in the di- different gene key sequences. And so you have all of the keys either lit up or not lit up, what we call on human design defined or not. And I just want to point to what you just said. So much of how I use these systems and why I'm understanding all of the systems is to know which bit to zero in on for each person. So it's never like, it's really interesting because it's not ever about human design. It's this amalgamation of knowing that everything's also in a chakra or in a, mm-hmm. what we call in a, in a center that's either defined or not. And I'm, I, I don't, I'm careful to not speak too many details right now because it can get really heady and really confusing when you're not looking at a chart or I'm not showing you, but to make it much more simple. When I look at a chart, there is, I'm seeing, I'm getting flashes of all of this information really, really quick. All of this information. If you've ever watched the Queen's Gambit, that that show about chess, Uh when I look at a human design chart, it's almost like I'm seeing how she was seeing the moves on the chessboard. I'm seeing like different ways, the energy's flowing and opening and closing in the person in front of me. And I'm also seeing the energy that you're bringing just in your being and being present. And it's this conversation with, of course, the chart, but the chart is never the thing that I look at first. It's always the person. Mm -hmm. And it's always what is needed, right? When we're holding a space, which you are, I I feel like you you are so parallel in your mission and we just use different languages and different technologies, but we're doing the same thing. And so if I'm sitting in front of an individual or a group, it's always once tuning to the field first, attuning yeah. to the group and tuning to the intention, attuning to what's needed. And so when we were in our session or when we started going, we knew immediately we were going in, we we're like yeah. in a trance realm immediately upon meeting. Mm-hmm. But when we went in, it was like, what, there can be one trigger thing that you say that immediately zeroes me in though. Okay. I need to look at your unconscious Pluto. And we start here. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go over here to your open spleen. And then we're going to go over here to gate 13.1 and your open identity, Mm. your Mercury, which is what you're here to teach and communicate in the world. And then we're going to dance over here because that's going to bring up this conversation that you had yesterday with this person about this that's getting you in your head. So let's look at what might be clouding that so we can clear that energetically out of the way so you can clear and like know exactly how to come back to your decision-making system, right? There, the limit doesn't exist to how I use this tool 
to help support, but the work or like the mission is always in support of the being first. And wow. so it's a, it's a great, that. the limit doesn't exist. No, I felt I, it's almost like you didn't even realize you just said that you said <laughs> that in such an embodied way. I just want to pause oh. on that because a huge intention of mine is that in every episode of the dojo podcast, we have a presencing to an expansion point for each individual that's listening. And I know for myself, just feeling the opportunity that we all have right now to actually sit with what is it in our life that, or even is there anything in your life currently that you could express a sentence like, well, the limit doesn't exist around my relationship field, or the limit doesn't exist around how much love I'm willing to give, or the limit doesn't exist around how I express myself with human design or the way that I can uh, um, deploy my skill in this zone. The limit doesn't exist when it comes to my expression of my Dharma in this way. The limit doesn't exist when it comes to how many resources I can generate. The limit doesn't exist when it comes to the depth of healing space that I can offer, you know, and, and how that arises or how that occurs, like to say, is there anything in your life right now that you could say that sentence and really, really mean it? And if there isn't, that's a great question. Where would I love to be able to express that sentence? Oh, well, well, maybe when it comes to, um, how, like how, how supportive I am in my partnership, or the way that I love myself, the ways that I'm willing to love myself, or how expansive the force of life that flows through me feels, you know, or miracles and magic, like where in your life right now, would you love to be able to deploy that sentence and mean it? (laughs) That is profound. And I really believe you when you say that, when you deploy that sentence relative to your facilitation with human design, the system, the client as a being and your intuitive channel, that triangulation creates a field where the limit doesn't exist with the way that it comes through. And that is, that is when you know that you're clicked into your high Dharma, when you can really say, well, the limit doesn't exist. When I show up in this way, I'm completely free. I'm completely allied to the truth of the moment. And that can look different in every single moment. It's systemless. It's structureless. It's limitless. What is the definition of limitless? This is what the liberation dojo, this is why Katie and I vibe so high because the liberation dojo is a limitless field. The limit doesn't exist when it comes to all the different ways that we can organize that the field itself organizes liberation technologies for each individual to get free. The limit doesn't exist. It is different every time. It is a dynamic field that is built on the singular intention to expand beyond your fear-based leading edge. And the limit doesn't exist when it comes to how that looks, which allows us to be allied to the moment. And by the way, if y'all are around Ojai at the end of June, I am offering the Liberation Dojo live and Katie's going to be there as a guardian. And so we are going to be creating a field where the limit doesn't exist as an invitation for you to expand beyond your edges. So uh, I didn't even mean to make a plug, but it's happening right now because the limit doesn't exist. Check it out. You can join us live at Mycelium Festival and you can just look at their website, myceliumfest.org, I think is what it is if you want to join. 
live, but we are both vibing on emergent field work. And that is why the session for three hours that I had with Katie was so powerful because the limit didn't exist. The way that she was channeling was limitless. And so it really created room for what was actually needed to emerge rather than what she was in recall about or remembering. And all of those things are, are, are a totally different um, kind of field to be in there. There's a limiting nature when you're remembering a system that you've been taught. So this is the way it's occurring for me. This is the way it's occurring for Katie. How is it occurring for you? Where in your life would you love to feel an area where the limit doesn't exist? And is this like line six vibration? Yeah. Yeah. Role model, which, oh my goodness, straight channel. The limit doesn't exist. And my, I say over and over and over again, one of the reasons I'm so not attached to any system or any modality or anything is that any of these tools should always be used to free you from any system or any structure that has put you in a limit. So I always say, if human design feels limiting to you, look away. Like that's not the point at all. This is to free you more in your life and just to take a moment for emergent field field work because it is what we both are such in deep devotion to. When you are listening so closely to the moment of what's needed as an activation point, right? We create spaces, whether that's one-on-one, whether that's in a group field that has an activating ability to land you into your life and then to create ripples for days, weeks, years in the future. And I think I'll speak for both of us, but like the reason that we use or utilize or listen to the tools and the ways that we can share this most is most is because I know for me personally, it it takes a moment. It takes a moment of breaking down that belief of what that limit is to actually step in and breathe into your life deeper. It takes a moment of sight, a moment of clarity, a moment of clearing that thing away that you didn't know you were carrying for years and years and years to then choose a different path and choose a different life. Mm-hmm. And so we were, when we were in that space together and we we're con- when we will continue to be in spaces like that, it takes a moment to see, oh, that thing that we didn't even know we spoke to each other is now having a ripple in days in yeah. the future. It has an energetic I mean, I know you feel this and I feel this in any sort of space like this, where there's this energetic clearing that literally opens more space in your life to take up more space in your life and to be even more limitless. And sometimes we don't, we don't know what we don't know. We don't know until we have a mirror. We don't know it until we have a container that's safe enough to actually release the shackles. Mm -hmm. And those containers can look in all sorts of ways and all sorts of medicines, but Mm -hmm. they have been the most profound, this system and other systems that allow what is present that needs to be seen in the field, to be cleared in the field, to be liberated in the field so that you can live an even bolder life and an even freer life in all ways. Wow. Yes. To all of that. And I, you know, I feel like there's one pathway that we can go down and maybe there will be an episode point two, where Mm -hmm. just speaking into, uh, you know, it in service of this conversation around limitlessness, I feel like it is important to point to relationship with the unknown as a very important doorway And that, you know, whether your, you know, desire is to 
experience limitlessness in your relationship or in your bank account relationship with money or in your service or just in the the experience of what it is to be a human in a body and how the force of life moves through you. It does feel really important to me to name that for myself personally, a huge part of that has been a cultivation with my relationship with not knowing my relationship with the unknown with and then the relationship with not knowing is actually built through the willingness to feel vulnerable, to feel the pulse that lives in the space, to feel the pulse that lives in the gap, to feel that really vulnerable ebb in the flow where it is not known. And that ebb creates the space for all the vulnerabilities and fears and, and uh, the protection mechanisms that come as a result of those vulnerabilities and fears, like the fear of what if it doesn't work out, the fear of what if I fail, the fear of what if I want to, what I want to happen doesn't happen. The fear of life, you know, all the misbeliefs that we might have that life isn't really for me or whatever it is for you. And it is in the space of the unknown in the gap that we actually get to those fears and beliefs get revealed. And then we see the protection mechanisms that are connected to those fears and misbeliefs, like going into control, playing small, you know, underperforming, overperforming, over-efforting, under-efforting. These are all protection mechanisms that we develop relative to these fears and misbeliefs that we've developed over time connected specifically to the unknown and connected to trust. And so as we see that, and then we reverse engineer the protection mechanisms, like, oh, I watch myself go into control when I'm in the gap, or I watch myself try to fill the gap with action, right? Like I'm a resistant to being in the stillness. So you catch the protection mechanisms through awareness, which systems like human design and you know, working with facilitators that have walked a little bit before you that can hold that field of awareness and reflect to you, oh, there's a protection mechanism right there. It is through the process of reverse engineering these protection mechanisms, like, wow, I'm in control. This is not comfortable or serving me. What am I in resistance to? Then we reverse engineer control and you will find yourself in a feeling of being out of control. And that will then reveal where the belief is. See, so we're reverse engineering the process. Then when I'm out, I feel out of control. Now I'm consciously revealing where the fear and the misbelief is. Well, if I'm out of control, then I'm fearing that life won't show up for me. I'm fearing that uh, the net won't appear, you know, whatever it is. And then I'm like, well, wow, now I can be in the experiment. Do you see now this is how I'm getting in relationship in proper relationship with the unknown, but it's got to be through actually litmus testing it, actually experimenting with it, actually being willing, like, okay, I, it's actually become more uncomfortable for me to be in the protection of control than it is for me to feel out of control and actually risk the net not appearing, actually risk Okay, well, if let's let's test this belief. If life really will show up or won't show up, I can only find out if I stop trying to arm wrestle the universe and stop trying to control life to see what happens. Let me feel what it is to surrender. Let me feel what it is to let go. And we'll have to increase our emotional tolerance to be with the discomfort of what that is, which is why we develop the protections in the first place. And the more you can wrap your awareness around this and just be on the pulse of the intensity of the discomfort of what it is to be unguarded 
and feel the the vulnerability and the rawness of being in the unknown space and mm-hmm. watching your beliefs and fears come up, but not going into protection around them and just be in the dojo. This is what the liberation dojo is. Be in the dojo of the practice of expanding your capacity to feel these feelings and sensations that are trapped in the body. And as you feel them, you heal them. And then through the stillness and the availability, you give life an opportunity to fill in the gap. When you're not filling in the gap, life can fill in the gap as you, right? And so there's this beautiful relationship. And from my perspective, that's my spiel on the mechanics of what it is to actually create limitless space in your relationship, in your bank account, in your dharma. And because it's in that space of, oh, it's limitless when you're actually in the stillness of the listening and the gap, and you're not in control through recall or trying to figure out, or what am I supposed to do? Or what have I been programmed to do? No, it's what is being done through me right now. And that means I'm willing to feel nothing being done. That means I'm willing to feel failing. That means I'm willing to feel not having the answer. I'm willing to feel not knowing how to show up for my partner in this moment. But by being willing to feel that and not grasping for it, it actually has the chance to occur through you in a way that is more limitless than you've ever experienced before. And you're like, wow, where did that just come from? I just blew my partner away in bed because I didn't have to figure it out. I just generated more than I've generated before because I'm receiving my value and worth through the value and worth that is the mirror of life, the force of life. I'm trusting life to do it in a way that's bigger than I ever thought that I could imagine. So all of that is what you're speaking to when you say, yeah, it's limitless when I'm sitting with, framework, client, and channel all at once. Katie, what I'm seeing in you, what I experienced in you is you actually have developed a relationship with the gap, with the space, with the unknown in order to hold that. So that just felt like it wanted to come through right now. So there that was. (laughs) And what you just said, the willingness to feel like the through line of it and it's what it is. It's creating a space where you're willing to actually feel the possibility that is always present and always, I would say the limitless possibility that's always present, but are you willing to feel and open to that? And I'm not talking about being more receptive or like needing to make it like work. I'm I'm talking about where do you know that you're not actually letting yourself feel the space that you need to feel? And it can be that place of tension of like, I know that I'm trying to force myself to find the next step, to find the next job, to figure out if I'm meant to move, to know what I need to do in this relationship, to like muscle my way through when it's like, take a breath. It's actually safe for you and your body to take a breath and to be with this for what it feels like is forever, but it's really usually just a moment longer. And I know you've this, you live this. And so the more practice we have in that discomfort of like listening to how life wants to feel, feeling and listening at the same time. And like being in the discomfort of holding more life, right? All of it is just like human design shows you how much more life you get to hold and all the places that have armored you from 
and, and created coping mechanisms where you don't actually get to step into feeling more life, but doesn't always feel great. It's like feeling more like being more in tune to the sensation that ultimately though, that's the limitless. Like if you're, if you're trying to hold all of this into this container, like human design is truly, it's the technology of the body. And I'd say the human body is like our greatest technology. It houses our souls. It houses our entire beings. And this physical form has just limitless potential in the ways that it expresses. I know one, one thing that we spoke about recently is about the voice yeah. and something in human design is all roads lead to the throat. All roads lead. Everything's trying to get to the throat in human design, regardless of how your chart is lit up everything's trying to get to the throat and all of us have the entire human design chart. It just expresses in different ways. The technology expresses in different ways for us. But I bring this example up because there's so much with so many people around whether that's expression or manifestation in the world, i.e. creating the life that you want and creating on the physical plane. Mm -hmm one of the biggest things is like limiting our ability to express in all ways or create the life that we want in whatever form that we want to. And part of human design and all the things that we're talking right now is like, are you willing to feel more deeply into life to let it open through your body, through your being, which so many of us come from places of just because of how we've been conditioned in society and families with life happens of a disconnection or a dissociation or protective mechanisms that keep us out of that feeling. And as you start to open in safe ways, more and more to sensation, it can feel like friction and it can feel painful and it can feel like, (gasps) like you're choking right before the next breath where you open and you open and you open. And so what you just said is like it, right? We're, we're creating safety in any way, in any way to feel more, to feel the friction, to feel that moment in between so that you can expand and so that you can open more and so that you can trust that you're safe to open more in life. And you're always going to hit bigger edges, but it's like, can you cultivate a system or a way that you can hold that within you. And it's going to be different than the way that we do it. But we have, both of us are so committed to that, right? Holding more and more and more and more life and like continuing to break all barriers of where we've put our own limitations on ourselves so we can continue to hold space for other people to do the same. Totally. Wow. Yes. I just, I keep feeling the complementarity between that Scorpio Taurus axis being that scorpionic, shamanic, psychological, analytical, like energy, you really bring that Taurus polarity of like the simplicity, the body, the sensuality, the safety, and like, what are the actual mechanics to ground that in, into the somatic level? And it's just so beautiful to kind of like really, again, like I said earlier, reverse engineer what I do know about through the astrological end lens and what I do know about your astrological chart and then like see it in action, but in its highest vibration and then feeling now adding the new lens of human design for me anyway, onto it all has been just so expansive. And so I'm curious with the last like eight minutes that we have, are, is there anything 
within the human design framework that you feel is like most potent, most alive that would want to be shared to the ears of the dojo field right now? I was thinking about the lines, but I also want to open it to you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to speak to the lines. So the lines in human design have been, it's funny because I say this with every part, I get hyper fixations on things all the time. And I go so in on like the micro, micro, micro levels of, of just different aspects of the system and different aspects of systems in life in general. But in human design, there are six lines, what we call lines. And Everyone has what we call a profile, which is made up of two lines. And your profile is kind of like the character, the archetype that you came to play in this life. But what most people don't know is that everyone has all of the lines somewhere in their chart. The lines go one, two, three, four, five, six. And over the past, I'm going to say four years in particular, I've cultivated my own languaging and relationship to the lines, which is a pathway from the very foundational elements of your life to the ultimate freedom of your own role model. Mm. And I'm going to talk to all of the lines very, very, very briefly, because I've taught like five hour long classes on each of the lines and um, likely have another journey through the lines coming up soon that I'm excited to share in the perfect time. But the lines and understanding the lines and understanding where your lines are at human design, which we won't have time to go into detail today, but helps you liberate where you're at and like where your best, I'd say, resting point is to express your gifts in the world. And so the line one, everything starts with the one. Mm-hmm. And the one is the foundation. Sometimes the one is called the investigator. And so if you have a profile one, three, one, four, four, one, or four, five, or sorry, four, one, or five, one, you have a, a one line in your profile. And the one is all about like creating a safe foundation and diving deep into the nitty gritty about everything. When I see a one, I'm like, they ones know more things about more things than anyone. They have the details. They dive into like, they have these these fascinations and it can even have to do with like people that they're dating, right? Like if they have an interest, they'll be the one that will spy and go into all the details and make sure that the foundation is set and, and that they feel comfortable and feel safe. Truly the one is about like safety and security on its most basic level um, to then take flight and bring up the one. When you say one, like if it's a one person, just if anyone's looking at their human design chart while they're listening, because yeah. I noticed in my chart, I have, you know, several sixes and several threes and yeah. several two. So how do you, are you talking about like yeah. one in a certain gate or like, yeah. so, and- so when you um, look at your human design chart, you'll say profile, it'll say profile, and then it'll have two numbers. And if you have a one in your profile, I'm talking to that, but thank you for bringing that up. Cause for you, for example, you have a one in your conscious Venus, which is like your values and your value system. You have a one in your conscious Mars. You have a one in your unconscious North and South node. You have a one in your unconscious Pluto. Like you have ones in your chart. Right. And so you have ones in areas of just, for example, for you, like deep transformation. There's mm-hmm. an investigator part, which we could go really deep into what the 28.1 means for you, uh-huh. but people have these all over. It just depends on a hierarchy of 
where your lines are, but you have one, you have foundation, you have security, you have safety, you have deep investigation somewhere in your chart. And I, to get to the six, we're going through all the lines. We need our one to be right first. We need our foundation, we need our security. We need our deep investigation to be so the the three, so I'm a three six You're in three, my six. profile, which means like, so I'm I'm assuming that tell me if I'm wrong, because I'm assuming yeah. um, that the three six is like kind of the overarching umbrella yeah. energetic. Totally. So, so for people to look, if you're listening and want to look, there's like your profile numbers. Yes. So for me as a three six, but then there's also all the numbers in your profile. All the numbers in other places. Different. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But the three six is the most important for you. Got it. Okay. So the one, I like to think of the one as like the, I mean, let's think of a garden. The one is the shovel. So we're, we're planting a garden. The one is the shovel. The one is the investigator. The one is the person, the, the shovel that digs for the gold. Yeah. So then we go to the two, mm-hmm. the two is sometimes called the hermit or the natural. Mm-hmm. And the two come came into this world with all of these natural talents and natural gifts, but it can't necessarily see it's naturally gifted and talented because it just comes naturally to it. Mm-hmm. And the two needs a lot of time alone. It needs a lot of time to dive into its creative muse. But then since the two is kind of a hermit, it also needs to be pulled out by the other to like at the other asset for its gifts mm-hmm. to then express it in the world. And so in terms of this garden, Mm-hmm. image. I think of the two as like the seed it's deep underground and it's the seed. And the one is looking for the seed, but the two is kind of hidden underground uh-huh. and it's, it's the root, but cool. it's, but it's underground and it takes its time. And then it's eventually going to flower into what I call the three. Mm-hmm. So the three is it's so interesting. So the one and the two are very, very different because the one it's like deep investigation. It's, it's the traditional education system. The one it's like how we traditionally learn the two doesn't need to read it in a book. The two, it's just about bringing it through itself. So sometimes the two is the person that'll sign up for all the courses and won't actually ever do the course because yeah. it's not meant to do it, the course. Uh-huh. So then we get to the three, which is kind of the bridge between when we get to the three and the four, it's like the in-between realms. It's where the human really, really comes in. Yeah. And the three is the experimenter Mm -hmm. and the three is the throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Uh And when I think of the garden, I think of the three as like all of when the two starts to sprout and it has the beautiful flowers and it has the vegetation and it also has the weeds. Like the three needs to actually get its hands dirty and experiment with life and fail like the three has the best sense of humor of all the lines. Whenever I teach a class on the three, it's like, I'm drawing all these images and my pens are breaking everywhere and everything's like going to shit. And I'm like, this is the process of the three, like get messy. Cause it's how you're going to learn. Like the two withdraws and goes away. And the three, I'm like, you can't mess this up as a three. Yeah. Like we need you to just throw it, like throw it all around, try it out. You will mess up. Yeah. You won't always succeed, but the three needs to get dirty. So we think about the two, but the one is like actually planting the seeds and, and, and knows how to tend to the garden. And the the two is like the seed that has everything it needs. That is nature's, you know, fruit in the three, all the garden is starting to create. And some of the garden you want to pull up. It's like the weeds, you got to pull it up, but the three is just flowering and doing its thing. And it's, it's dancing everywhere. It's dancing on the land. Totally. Right. So 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's what, you, with you, you were talking about, you know, the, I know the three, six, it's like the three is kind of the first half of life and the six becomes the second half of yeah. life. So much in the way that I facilitate and teach is through the, being the demonstration in my own process of learning how to be willing to not get it right and learning how yeah. to not take it so seriously and be in the humanity of what it is to experience and discover and explore and take the pressure off and be willing to be imperfect and like really being on the discovery, which is yeah. easier said than done. Cause once if we mess up or we, we try and it, it doesn't work the way we want it, it's like so easy to be hard on ourselves or have shame or judgment. And we learned that that's all learned. It's conditioning. Like if I don't get straight A's, then I'm not going to get, you know, my allowance or whatever. It's like, wow, well, how do we actually repattern that? How do we actually make it? The A is actually trying and being willing to fail. And more yeah. likely than not, if you try and you're actually energetically willing to fail, like, you know, that you'll know how to gr- hold yourself there it's actually ironically less likely that you will fail because when we put pressure on ourselves not to fail for myself, my own experience has been, I'm more likely to fail because I have all this pressure on myself. But when I'm like, all right, if I, you know, if I do mess it up, like it's all right. Then I'm like, wow, that actually went really well because I wasn't taking it seriously. So that feels like three medicine. It's such three medicine. And the three is super trustworthy because it shares its mistakes too. Like the three <laughs> learns the most through it's like that. I really messed up there, but you, you almost need to go through it yourself to have the deepest wisdom of the three, which is like the experimenter and the one who starts to bring it to life. Yeah. Like the three, everyone can learn. Everyone learns from all the lines. You you're always, you can't get to any of the lines without going through the other. Cause the three is the, is like the, it starts with the one, everything starts with the one. And then the two is the two and the one, and the three is the three and the two and the one. And then we get to four, which is our next number. And the four is like the, I think of it as like the human and the heart, the four is the connector and the four, if you have a four, it's like your opportunities come through your network. It's the networker. It's the connector. It's in the, in, in the garden, it's the human who brings all the flowers and brings all the fruits and brings it to the market Uh and shares it Uh and shares it and distributes it and has the connections to it. The four is where we start to get really, really human. What we call it is the first three lines are called the lower trigram. They're much more personal energies. They're much more individual energies. And then the next three lines, the four, five, and six are much more what we call transpersonal energies. So they're much more, um, collective, like humanity, human, like multiple people versus the one. And you always have in your first number, one from the first three and oh. in your second. So someone could be a five, six. No one can be a five, six, but for example, you can be a one, three. Okay. Or you can be a four, six. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. Or you can be a four, one, or you can be a six, two. So there's all, and that's a whole different, like there's so much with the profiles that we'll have time to get in today, but um, 
yeah, there's so much with knowing where you are in the trigram and those connections to each other and the relationships like that the three and the six has. And if you have a smaller number first and a bigger number second yeah. or a bigger number first, like it's a huge, it's uh-huh. a whole thing. Um, <laughs> it's a whole thing. Hey, if y'all are listening to this and you want more, like a, a part two that's just purely human design education, yeah. just comment. So, you know, write a written review and name that or message me on Instagram and you'll, and that way I'll know. And we can create another episode yeah. as well. Cause it feels like there's a lot that wants to come through. Okay. Yeah, totally. So we're in the four and the, human. So we're in the four. So the four is the human and the four is in the market and the four is trading the goods and sharing mm-hmm. the goods and, and receiving for the goods. And I, I always say, if you have a four in your profile, it's like in your work, in your life, it's, you see people so clearly, you're so connected to like the heart of the family of, 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 your relations of the community aspect. And it is so important as a four that you surround yourself with people who see you, that you surround yourself that see these beautiful vegetables and flowers <laughs> that you've gotten and want to receive it. And so a lot of the work I do with fours, like I can literally just do, I can work with you for a year, just on one of your profile lines and have radical transformation. Because if you get that right, like if you're a four, some of the biggest blocks often can be who you're surrounding yourself with and not it not being a reciprocal relationship because you really are a communal being in your relationships and your opportunities. Sometimes in traditional human design, the four is called the opportunist mm-hmm. and all your opportunities really come from your close people. Wow. So that's the four. Then we go to the five and I am most passionate about the five of all the lines. And it's really interesting because I actually don't have any fives in my chart. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes in in astrology, it's like when you're missing an element, like I don't have any air in my chart and yet I tend towards lots of airy things. Yeah. yeah. So oftentimes when you don't have something in your chart, you can, you can almost bring it in, in your life to experience wow. that element even more. And the five, I've had the most trouble understanding the five externally because I have seen it as the point of our ultimate liberation. I always tell fives and I was just at Envision Festival with you. And I had actually one of my um, longtime students and mentees and uh, she was in my, in my human design teacher training. And she, she ran up to me at Envision Festival. And she was like, this whole time, I've just been hearing you in my ear of like, free the five, like free the five. It's all about freeing the five. Yeah. And so the fifth line is sometimes it's like the universalizer. It's everyone sees the five and the five has this projection field Uh where, and what I think of the five is like the umbrella. Like, let's say there's this person in the field with an umbrella Mm -hmm. and I'll get to what that means in a second. And the five is like the person that everyone projects onto that they see can save the day or solve their problems or or they project something not so nice on it. But the five has all the eyes on them. I think of the five as all the eyes on them. And the five can project outward a version of them, whatever they want to show and will also get projected back on. And I think of the five also as like all the structures in society that we have, like every institution, every structure, everything that has almost a barrier Uh and the five, the point of the five is like, it's such a archetype and a represent like representation of humanity of people are going to see what they want to see in many ways. Mm -hmm. And you have to show up and live and share and express 
regardless. And so the five, think about this. The five is the person with the umbrella yeah. over, over. And it's a big, let's say it's, it's like a huge umbrella. The five's walking around with the umbrella. And you see this one person in the garden with this huge umbrella. <laughs> and you're like, what's that person doing with that umbrella? None of the plants are going to get watered. Uh-huh. And we get to the six. And so the five and the six are the very, sometimes I think of the five as like the divine masculine and the six, is the divine feminine. They have a very close connection. Mm-hmm. And we get to the six and the six is the sky and the rain. Yeah, The six is the role model. Uh-huh. The six is the, the amalgamation of every line before it. And the six is the being that came in worldly and wise in the world and then came into this life where it's all, all the people and all the drama and the six their whole life, well, not their whole life, but in the beginning of life, mm-hmm. the six understands the one and understands the two and understands the three and understands the four and, and gets to the five and tries to understand the five. And the six, it like gets itself deep in the drama of life and really kind of watches from above and like is deeply involved in life and also is always kind of always watching from bird's yeah. eye view perspective. Like why are people the way that they are, but maybe I'll try it out because people yeah. are the way they are, but I'm really just here to share my role model perspective in bird's eye view. And I share this, like this garden where the six is the sky and the rain because the six can't be free and and water the garden unless the five brings the umbrella down. The six is like, where are the plants that I need to help water or share my wisdom to? But the five, if the five doesn't, doesn't create that structure and if the the five doesn't break down the barriers within themselves, what happens is the six just goes back to the one, just looks at the shovel Mm. and starts investigating. And so the whole cycle of all of the lines don't get to flow. Mm. This is a very, very, very quick blip of the lines, but it's like the six, which is exists within all of us is like, I, I see this like mystical, like almost just not detached, but detached from the drama mm-hmm. of life. It's here to just be a role model through its own embodied wisdom. But the six requires that the one is aligned in the one, that the one is investigating and diving in and creating the foundation, that the two is deep in the two, that the two is like in its own creative muse and allows itself to get pulled out by the other, but also takes its time alone. And that the three is experimenting and, and playing and failing and trying all the things and sharing it. And that the four is connected to the right people and showing us what true connection is. And that the five is breaking down all of the barriers and all the structures. It's like free the five, free the five. The Mm. five breaks down the structures so that our role model, our genius, our inner wisdom of the six can actually take flight. And so my, wow. my cherry on top of all of this, and I'm a six, two myself, you're a three, six. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's like every, so much of where my work is headed is bringing us all into our six. Mm. And is this journey through getting all of our lines right within ourselves, yeah. like making sure that we're actually aligned within wow. our designs, our lives are everything. And uh-huh. my truth is the human design system, this is, I, I could go on forever, but my final thing is like human design system, it was um, transmitted by a five one. And so the original language and, and a, a man, mm-hmm. the original language of the human design system came through a fifth line perspective. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time in history because the human design system is only, it was transmitted in 1987. It's mm-hmm. the first time that we have six lines who have lived through their Saturn returns, who have known human design before their Saturn returns to actually transmit a perspective from a six line. And so, so much of how I feel 
where I'm supposed to continue to share and evolve within human design system in general is from a six sign perspective who isn't necessarily aligned to the way that the six line has always been shared in traditional human design. Yeah. And breaking, creating, okay. yeah, breaking a barrier and creating a new language where it's like, actually everyone has all of this within it, but like, where are you not playing your part in actually freeing yourself in this structure so that all of us can be the role model that we are? Wow. So oh, whole- <laughs> wow. I had, we really do need more time. I, yeah. I had so many like downloads because as a three, six, while you were transmitting there, I could just feel the way the experimentation in that first half of life then leads to the the six line and the way the six line brings in the resonance. You have to move through the initiatory journey of each of the lines to be in the role model and have hold that perspective authentically. And so it's, it's, there's just so much in there. And as we're sharing, I was looking at my human design, I'm I'm sorry, my gene keys uh, chart and seeing all the different lines as they go through the gene keys chart. And as you're transmitting each line, I'm like, wow, like really feeling how each one of those is connected to that particular sphere and that particular key. And there's just, this is such a multidimensional process is like taking this in. It really like to take it in and contemplate it and let it absorb into a way that's integrated in your life and serves the liberated expression of your being takes time. And so I am just so grateful for the time that I've gotten to spend with you already and for the continued unfolding of our relationship. And for Mm -hmm. anyone listening, if you'd like to go deeper in the gene keys in human design in astrology with Katie and just really see how it's all woven into one supportive structure for the liberation of your soul, highly recommend you check her out. And Katie, I'd love to invite you to share how people can find you. And, and if there's any courses that you have coming up, give us the download. Oh, thank you so much, Sahara. So you can find me on Instagram at Katie Calder underscore and at, at human design lady. My website's linked to both. Um, I have tons of classes that are available always on different energy types and lines and all sorts of things. My teacher training is also open for a little bit longer before I think I close the doors for a little bit. Um, as well as a number of other courses. And then I have one-on-one sessions that I open. I have um, mentorship spots that are about to open. And I have some exciting immersions and courses that are coming up. And then a final plug is I'll, yeah, I'll be at Mycelium Festival with you and also sharing a workshop at Mycelium Festival. And so I hope to see you there with both of us. Yes, come find um, us. I'm just so grateful to be in weaving with you here and continuing this journey with you. This has been an absolute delight and I can't wait for you all to listen to this and for future, future ways that we weave. Thank you so much, Sahara. Mm -hmm. Thank you. This was so incredible and such like a timeless experience for me to dive in with you into these ways. And for all of you listening and this episode or any of the episodes of the dojo podcast have impacted you. It is 
truly so supportive. If you are willing to leave a written review and subscribe, it helps the show reach. I'm learning more about algorithms and all the things yeah. It really helps the show reach more people who wouldn't normally have an access point to this work. So it would be super supportive um, exchange energetically to receive your words and your support in that way. As always, thank you for the depth of your presence and listening today. And in all ways, I'm sending you love and gratitude. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you. Thank you all for creating this space to receive this transmission and for having the courage that it takes to live your life beyond the edge. If you feel the call to go deeper with me privately or explore the dojo ecosystem, the best place to start is by visiting zaharazimring.com and taking your free micro dojo. You can also find me on Instagram at zaharazimring, and I love hearing from you guys. So feel free to send me messages, make comments, and I will absolutely get back to you. I also would deeply appreciate if this episode or any of these episodes have touched your heart, leave a review as it really supports this show in touching more hearts and more lives all around the world. Thank you for joining and I'll see you next time.